But if there is an enemy that's threatening you, friend, and you ignore it, well, that enemy is going to succeed in destroying you. On the resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Eternal soul, in weakness raised in power, ready to live in paradise I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never of God There'll be no more sorrow No, no more pain There'll be no more strife, no strife. Yes, raising the likeness In of his likeness Savior, Ready to live I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord I'll have a new life Eternal Free From every imperfection Youthful and happy I shall be Lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life oh, yes. I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never of God There'll be no more sorrow No, no more pain There'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness In of his likeness Ready to live I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Trump of God shall sound. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal grace. All bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Oh, yes. I'll have a new home. Glory, of glory, glory. With redeeming God to stand. There'll be no more sorrow. No, no more pain. There'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness in of his likeness, Savior, ready to live. I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. This is your host, Bruce Kessler. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friend. Hey, I just want to let you know I'm a follower of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see in him I find peace, joy, happiness, and forgiveness. I'm blessed beyond measure more than I ever deserve. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to ask the question, are you living? Are you living? But before we get to that study, we've got a few things along the way. And the first is Headline News. Well, get this, folks. Get this. A Samia Cast feature known uh, 
featuring well-known Christian leaders and music artists raised over $150,000 to help churches in financial need. Sponsored by Right Now Media, the initiative started the Churches Helping Churches Challenge in April, insisting small churches who were financially affected by the coronavirus pandemic. The online effort also established a COVID-19 relief fund that awarded 3,000 grants to congregations in need. They've raised over 150000 to from 716 donors with 258,000 viewers tuning in. It was announced that the initiative will shift from a national campaign to empowering local ministries to support at-risk churches as the ramifications of COVID-19 will be felt for months to come. As of this date, a total of 649,000 from 1,371 individuals and ministries has been raised for the Relief Fund. The Relief Fund gives 100% of all funds to churches in financial crisis. While 120 churches have received 3,000 grants from the Relief Fund so far, an additional 95 churches will be awarded grants from the money that's used. There you go, folks. Online simulcast raises over $150,000 to help churches in financial crisis. Amen. Somebody's trying to help other folks who are suffering from this pandemic, namely churches. Well, get this, get this. A majority of teens and young adults say they are praying more are thinking about spiritual issues more than they were prior to the coronavirus pandemic. There's a poll of about 800 high school students and 800 post-secondary students found that 67% said that either praying more often or thinking about spiritual issues more compared to the time before the virus. Specifically, 39% said they're praying more often, 28% said they're pondering spiritual issues more, and one-third said Neither option applies to them. According to Reverend Anthony Thompson, he says that I believe that young people are far more interested in prayer and spiritual issues during this pandemic because everything they focused on or sought for security has come to a halt or is quickly fading away. There you go, folks. 67% of young people have turned to prayer, spiritual questions more amid the pandemic. Folks, this just only uh, gives us more opportunity to help our young people and guide them to Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, get this, get this. The coronavirus pandemic has sparked a change in the song choices of America's churches, according to new data. The most popular song right now, folks, guess what it is? It is Well With My Souls. It's all a 68% increase in use. And guess what came in second, folks? Great is thy faithfulness. Oh, a 64% increase. There you go, folks. It is well. Tops list of 10 most popular church songs during pandemic. 
What songs have you thought about, friend, during this pandemic? Songs have a way of connecting us to the truth of Jesus Christ, have a way of giving us solace, have a way of giving us comfort and peace and joy and happiness and connection to Jesus. Amen? Well, there you go, folks. That's our headline news for this broadcast. And now this day in church history. In 1430 A.D., on this day in church history, Joan of Arc is taken captive by Burgundians during a sally from campaign where she is besieged for a large payment. The Burgundians will surrender her to the English who will later on execute her. Mm. That's 1430. In 1832, on this day, execution of Baptist deacon and ex-slave Samuel Sharp, who had led a recent uprising called the Baptist War Against Slavery in Jamaica, in which as many as 60,000 slaves participated. Mm, mm, mm. And finally on this day in church history, in 1887, death in Christiana, Norway, of Ludwig Matthias Lindenmann. He had contributed greatly to the cause of good church music among the Scandinavians, so that it was said that he taught the Norwegian people to sing. And that's this day in church history. Now, folks, for a little bit of fun, name that Bible character. Here is your clue. I said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Who am I? Here's your clue one more time. I said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Who am I? We will reveal the answer to this question following our study segment. So stay tuned, folks, for that exciting reveal in our final segment of Name That Bible Character. And now, folks, we come to our study. So get you a cup of coffee. I have mine right here with me. A cup of coffee and get you a drink or whatever you like and sit down and let's talk about the holy, wonderful, powerful word of Jesus Christ. And let's begin reading in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 12 and 13. That's where we'll have our study from. Romans chapter 8, verse 12 and 13. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So I beg the question, are you living? Paul here in these short verses explains further and applies what he had written in verse 6 of this same chapter. The mind set on the flesh is death. The mind set on the spirit is life and peace. 
So it's not talking about physical death, which all of us must, must face at some point, but he's talking about spiritual death, my friend and brothers and sisters in Christ, eternal separation from God. In other words, Paul is saying, either put away sin in your life or you will die. He is saying here exactly what he had told the Galatians in chapter 6 and verse 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. The one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. There, there's just only really two ways to live and only two outcomes. To live according to the flesh ends in eternal death and to live according to the Spirit ends with eternal life. Friend, you have to decide which one describes you. So let's uh, get three points from this in our study from this broadcast. And that is number one, to live, we must remember our obligation is not to the flesh, not to the old man, not to the old way, the way we used to live before we became a Christian. But our obligation is to the Lord. In verse 12, he says, if I remind you of our reading, so then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Our true obligation is to the Lord. He bought us with his own blood so that now we belong to him. Christ is in us. God is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. The word is in us. So then, brethren, we are under obligation to the Lord. It's Paul is reminding all of us how important Jesus is and the love that he, the sacrifice, the fact that he died for our sins and that he was raised so that we could have eternal life. But if there is an enemy that's threatening you, friend, and you ignore it, well, that enemy is going to succeed in destroying you and taking you captive. If you live under the dominance of this enemy, Paul is saying, this sin, you will die. Paul here is reminding us that we have no obligation or debt to the flesh because what good did it ever do us? What favors has it done? There's nothing here but more suffering and dominance. But in Christ Jesus, we owe God everything. He loved us while we were sinners. He sent his own son to pay the penalty. We now belong to him and we owe it all to his grace. To live means to understand that we belong to him and to him alone. Number two, to live, we must understand the horrific consequences if we continue to live in sin. Verse 13, he says, For if you are living according to the flesh, you will die. You must die. The little Greek is, you are about to die. What Paul is reminding us here is that a life of unchecked sin leads to eternal death. Note that Paul does not say, if you don't kill your sin, you'll lose some rewards in heaven. He wants us to understand that this is mortal combat either you put away your sin or the sin will put you away not just an early death but an eternal death 
Paul is simply following a similar teaching of Jesus Christ, who in context of warning about our mental lust said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 29 and 30, if your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you, for if it's better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for the whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off and throw it from you, for it is better for you to lose one of the parts of the body than for the whole body to be thrown in hell. Jesus does not mean literally to tear your eye out or to cut off your hand. That wouldn't solve the root problem. That would mean literally tearing your heart out. He is warning us that if we don't get radical in killing our sin, we will spend eternity in hell. Those are some powerful reminders by Paul here in Romans chapter 8. And then lastly, to kill your sin, you must put it to death by the Spirit, and then you will live. What does Paul mean when he says, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body? Well, he means a, a whole host of things, I think. And most importantly, he's talking about not only the Holy Spirit in you, but also the Word of God, the power of Christ in you, the power of God and His Spirit within you, the prayer and all of these forces that are work on our side. We are responsible to trust and obey and yield to God's will and his powerful word. By putting to death, Paul means cutting off sin before it goes anywhere. We must take whatever radical action is necessary to separate us from sin. He explained how this works in chapter 6 when he said that when we believe in Christ, we're baptized into his death. We die with him when he died in his sin. It's our new position. We are to act on that. So chapter 6, verse 11, and so consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive in God and Christ. In other words, start living like who you really are in Christ Jesus. We must put to death the deeds of the body by cutting them off in the mind before they are expressed openly. So there you go, friend, as we talk about these powerful verses here. In Romans chapter 8, verses 12 and 13, we must, number one, remember our obligations, not to the flesh, but to the Lord. Number two, we must remember and understand the horrific consequences if we continue to live in sin. And number three, we must put to death by the Spirit the deeds of the body, and we will live, friend. So let me give you a few things to consider as we draw to a close in this study called, Are You Living? The first one is purpose to be godly and discipline yourself for that purpose. Uh, Paul told the young evangelist Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 verse 7, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. You must decide, friend or brother and sister in Christ. You must make that choice. My life, my aim, my purpose is to become a man or woman of God so that my life glorifies Jesus Christ who gave his life for me. Number two, kill sin at its root and it will not bear its deadly fruit. Sin begins in the heart, friend. It begins in your mind. 
begins on that thought level. So cut it off right there. Don't let it go any further. Paul addresses that, how to do that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience, when your obedience is complete. So stop the sin. Kill the sin at its root. Don't let it go any further. And that begins on the thought level. Cut it off. Don't let it go. Let it go from one ear out the other. No one commits adultery without first thinking about it. Don't entertain it. And number three, lastly, spend time daily in the Word of God. The psalmist writes these powerful words to remind us just how important the Word of God is. In verse 9 of Psalms 119, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Jesus defeated Satan with the powerful word of God. Meditate on that word. Study that word. Memorize the word. Because you won't always have a Bible and a concordance handy when temptation hits. So those are three specific ways that you can overcome sin, that you can take steps to kill the sin in your life. Purpose to be godly and discipline yourself for that purpose. Kill your sin at, at its root. Spend time daily in the Word of God. I hope, friend, that this caused you to even deeper relationship with Jesus Christ and understand who the enemy is, and that we need to turn to God's word more and more and help us to grow closer to Jesus Christ and to put off the sin in our lives. And that's our study for this broadcast. And now we have Name That Bible Character. Here was your clue. I said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Who am I? It was Stephen. Acts 7, 59 and 60. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. I said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Who am I? Stephen. And name that Bible character. Well, friend, you too can become a follower of Jesus Christ if you come to him in repentance and, and submitting to baptism. And you can find joy, peace, happiness, be blessed beyond measure, more than you ever deserve. My goal here has been very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Visit our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, I want to tell you this. May God bless you and thank you for listening to this broadcast. 
Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord has died for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord has risen for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord is living for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you.